Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my colleague Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, a lot of news swirling out of 1265 Lombardi Avenue. First and foremost, that uh, general manager Ted Thompson has stepped aside to take a senior advisory role within the football operations, and Mark Murphy will be, be beginning a search for a new GM of the Green Bay Packers. And I'd like to focus our show today on that. I know there's other news uh, swirling around out there about the coaching staff and some things that may be going on there. But this uh, change at GM, Ted Thompson, a 13-year tenure hired in 2005 to take over the Packers football operations. Packers undergoing a search now for a new leader at the top of the football chain uh, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and, and Mark uh, Murphy, when they sat down and discussed it, uh, this is something he mentioned that him and Ted, they've been talking about this for a number of years. Every year they'd sit down after the season's over, have a conversation, and, and those really were fluid things and, and kind of seeing where you know Thompson sort of saw his future. And, and one of the most reoccurring themes in that, Mike, was you know he's a scout, and at the end of the day he's always going to be a scout at heart. So Looking at this position, a lot of things yet to be decided about how exactly you know the job responsibilities and what he'll you know what he'll be looked for. But as Murphy said, the number one thing is it's going to allow him to probably still be a part of the process and a guy that he'll be you know almost like a special assistant to the GM, uh, as he said, as Murphy said. I mean, just invaluable the amount of resources and experience that Thompson has. Um, you know, some of that could be based in Green Bay. Some of that might allow him to travel. We'll wait and see. But at the end of the day. Uh, the, the reason why I think this is going to be such a coveted job is really goes back to what Ron Wolf did, what Ted Thompson did to put the Packers in this position now 25, 26 years later. Um, it comes back to being able to uphold that standard, and that's something that Thompson did for 13 years. Yeah, you'll have a new GM coming in here who has a franchise quarterback in place, thanks to Ted Thompson as he made the transition, as rocky as it was at the time, but he got the Packers through it successfully, the transition from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, this is a very attractive job. And one thing I thought was interesting that Mark Murphy said is he's not necessarily going to limit himself in terms of uh, the search for Ted Thompson's successor. There are certainly some candidates in-house here in Green Bay, Elliot Wolf, Brian Gutekunst, Alonzo Highsmith, senior personnel executives with long, impressive resumes. You have Russ Ball, who has been managing the Packers' salary cap probably as well as anybody in the league over the last uh several years uh, alongside Ted Thompson. But Mark Murphy said there will be outside candidates as well. A consultant will be uh, will be brought in to help with the search, to help identify potential candidates. There's going to be a lot going on. It sounds like something could happen fairly quickly. Mark Murphy's not going to sit around and wait. This is not something that uh, um, that you just put on the back burner. You get going on it, and he's going to make sure that he hires the right person. But uh, one thing we do know for sure and that is that the head coach of the team will be Mike McCarthy, the new the new uh, GM, who uh, whoever it is that takes over will have Mike McCarthy as his head coach in 2018. Yeah, Ted Thompson, actually one of the things he did this past season was actually extending McCarthy through 2019 now, giving him a one-year extension. Uh, so that stability is there. It's in place for McCarthy now as he goes about figuring out his coaching staff and, and all those things that go along with that. Yeah. Um, and as Murphy said, too, McCarthy's been a part of a lot of winning ways and a lot of tradition and success here. He hopes that that's something that continues to come. Um, but looking more towards uh, Thompson's side of things and where they go as far as the GM position, 
Murphy said they will have a search form that will be involved with this, but at the end of the day, it ultimately is going to be his decision on what and who's going to be handling uh, that job. And realistically, uh, I think it is the right approach, kind of keeping things open, you know, going through all the avenues, whether it's internal candidates, whether it's in, you know, scouting backgrounds, different type of backgrounds, looking at guys across the league. Um, the branch and uh, the tree of, of Ron Wolf has spread <laughs> throughout the entire NFL, and there's a number of guys that have already been in general manager spots. There's other personnel people around the league that have been tied to Wolf um, that, that came through Green Bay. So I think when you look at those abundance of resources and, and executives that have sprouted from Green Bay, Wisconsin over the last 25 years, it's one of the reasons why you can see why Mark Murphy's talking about why he believes this is a coveted job and why they think they'll end up with a really strong candidate. Yeah, and as much as this is a major change for the Packers organization for the first time in a long time, it's important to stress here that overall the structure of how things are going to operate in football is not going to change. Right. The general manager is going to have final say on football operations. Mark Murphy was asked, well, are you going to encourage the general manager to use free agency more, maybe to do some things that Ted Thompson didn't do as often as other GMs in the league? And Mark Murphy said, that's going to be the general manager's call. That yeah. that guy is going to run the football operations, just as the decisions with regards to the coaching staff right. will be Mike McCarthy's call. That's how it's operated here, really, since Ron Wolf was brought in and hired Mike Holmgren. That's how things have been run here for the last quarter century, and that part is not going to be changed. Yeah, that chain of command from you know president and CEO to general manager down to head coach and so on and so forth is something that Murphy says has really benefited this organization when you really break it down and look at it and yeah. how they got to this point in time. It's been through that process, and, and that's something he definitely doesn't want to forsake through this. Uh, and, and I think really you look at that that bond uh, that, that can be built between a GM and a head coach, um, you know, working hand-in-hand hand together, uh, I think that's important because we've seen sometimes when people try to overextend themselves a little bit how that can throw a wrench into the whole thing. And with Thompson and McCarthy, it was one of the most successful duos in NFL history when you look at a personnel executive and a head coach. No question. And now we'll uh, just have to wait and see what the next step is going to be. Yeah, for sure. With that... We will toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkowitz in that one. And Wes, getting back to some more of Mark Murphy's comments with regards to the transition ahead here at the top of the Packers football organization. Ted Thompson's tenure, 13 years, uh, half a dozen, I believe it is, division championships, the eight straight playoff appearances, uh, nine playoff appearances overall, if I'm not mistaken, one Super Bowl championship, obviously, multiple trips to the NFC championship game. Mark Murphy acknowledged Ted Thompson's been a lightning rod amongst fans. He receives, takes a lot of criticism. It's part of the territory. Anybody in his position yeah. is going to have to deal with that. But at the end of the day, history is going to look back fondly on uh, this GM's tenure. I believe, Mark, Mark Murphy believes, I know you do too, there aren't too many who can A, hold the job that long and maintain that level of success that long, and Ted Thompson deserves a lot of credit for what he's done here. Here's the thing, Mike. Uh, I put Ted Thompson, truthfully, I put him in a Mount Rushmore of general managers in the NFL. I know that's high praise, 
But here's one of the reasons why I do that. He had to make, for my money, and I'm sure San Francisco to some extent went through this back in the 90s, but he had to make the most difficult decision, I think, in the modern era of the NFL. And Brett Favre retiring, wanting to come back, and having to tell a future Pro Football Hall of Famer that we've basically moved on with our organization. And we are going to hitch our car here to an unknown Former first-round draft pick, but a relatively unknown Aaron Rodgers at that point. He really staked his career on that move. Everything could have ended. If Aaron Rodgers didn't work out, that would have been on the end of the road for everybody. And it would have been something that I think would have been talked about forever. So for this this narrative about the lightning rod, the Packers, in my opinion, could have not won another game after 2010. And I think Ted Thompson is a a really elite class of personnel executives because that takes confidence in your scouting ability. It takes confidence in your coaching staff. And honestly, it takes confidence in a young guy that nobody knew a heck of a lot about at that time in Aaron Rodgers. He made that call and it set up the franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I think, uh, I think his legacy in this organization will fall just short of his mentors, Ron Wolf, and I say that in the most complimentary. Yeah, you're way comparing possible. like you know, yeah. you're talking about here, yeah. a Pro Football Hall of Famer right. in Ron Wolf who brought the Packers back from the depths of despair and made the trade that brought Brett Favre to Green Bay, brought Reggie White, brought Mike Holmgren, all of that 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 sent the Packers back to prominence, and it took somebody pretty special in Ted Thompson to maintain that level of success, to go from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another, to win another Super Bowl with a completely different roster and in and a different head coach, a different regime, the whole the whole thing. I know GMs more than anything else are evaluated on how they draft. And you can't say Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but other than Aaron Rodgers, who do you think was Ted Thompson's best draft pick? Oh, this is tough. I, I mean, because I know I'm Aaron putting Rodgers... you on the spot. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you, you. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I. I think you can make an argument. His best. His, his best pick, other than Rodgers, was his next pick with Nick Collins. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that was. I think that was his next best one after Rodgers. If Rogers Nick Collins, Collins plays his entire NFL career, <laughs> he may have actually picked his first two picks as the Packers general manager. Might have both been Pro Football Hall, Hall of Famers. Famers. I know. I know. That's, that's incredible. It is. But the it list is. goes on and on, Mike. I know I'll drive Marvin nuts upstairs uh, in our production department, but. Clay Matthews. Um, you look at a guy like David Bakhtiari, Mike. There was, what, 10 different offensive linemen taken before him in 2013? Yeah. He might, him and Lane Johnson are obviously the best ones, and, and Bakhtiari is actually a left tackle. Right. Actually playing a position that people put a lot of you know prominence on. That was a heck of a draft pick. I mean, Charles Woodson getting signed. How that yeah, as changed far, the yeah, fortune as, of the as franchise. far as the free agency move back, back in 2006, that was just his second year on the job, and he brought in another guy who was going to, who is very soon going to be in the Hall of Fame. So it's one thing to be able to find Aaron Rodgers and in, in draft a Nick Collins and have a couple good years, but how he was able to sustain that. And as Ron Wolf said from day one, you get so many bites of the apple in these drafts, you're not going to hit on every single one of these guys, but. Ted Thompson's batting average with that and how he was able to really build a foundation, build a Super Bowl team um, coming from where it was in 2005 and five years later having them in that game, uh, it's it's the ultimate testament to how he was able to turn this thing around. Yeah, when I look back at Ted Thompson's drafts, aside from the first two picks we discussed, Rodgers and Collins back-to-back right off the bat, 
I think what I will remember about Ted Thompson's drafts, the pick of Clay Matthews where he traded back up yeah. into the first round to get a second first-round pick in 2009 and uh, and draft a guy who became that linchpin pass rusher in the defense, and uh, um, we all know how things have gone from there. But the other thing is, to me, it's it's for his drafts, it's been about receivers in the second round yeah. and offensive linemen in the mid to late rounds because he drafted Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams all in the second round, throwing James Jones in the third round just yeah. for good measure. And you mentioned Bakhtiari in the fourth round. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, also fourth rounders. Corey Lindsley, who just got a new contract extension, a fifth rounder. Uh, J.C. Treader in there is a fourth rounder, although he ended up signing his second contract elsewhere. Those are those are the uh, the trends, you know, sort of the 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 things that uh, that you hang your hat on in a sense when you look at the tenure as a whole. Going to be hard to forget some of those picks. Yeah, and then also to throw it in there too. uh, Sometimes it's forget about this, but B.J. Raji. I mean, the Packers might not win the Super Bowl in 2010 if it wasn't for that pick of B.J. Raji as well. The highest pick that he had aside from A.J. Hawk when he picked a Hawk fifth in 2006. And and just to touch on briefly with Jordy Nelson, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, looking at him and a guy that was a converted safety, a walk-on player at Kansas State. We'll talk about that shortly, but I mean, how he really invested into guys who are relative unknowns I think is probably one of the things that really underscores his resume in Green Bay. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that more when we come back after this on Packers Unscripted. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford here, Wes Hodkowitz over there. And Wes, you mentioned at the end of our last segment uh, the thought of some of these unheralded guys that uh, Ted Thompson brought into the Green Bay Packers and who have gone on to play some big roles over the years. I mean, one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is Sam Shields, a guy who converted from wide receiver to defensive back his final year in college, comes to Green Bay as an undrafted rookie, intercepts two passes in the NFC Championship game and, and helps the Packers win a Super Bowl and uh, becomes a, a, a tremendous cornerback, a top-flight cornerback in this league before, unfortunately, uh, the, the concussions caught up to him and, uh, and he had to cut things short. But you talked to a couple of guys in the current locker room who are forever thankful to a GM like Ted Thompson for taking a look and giving him a shot. Um, some interesting comments there that you found. Yeah, and, and the one thing is, I think if you look back, and certainly Aaron Rodgers, Nick Collins, Clay Matthews, those type of players, multiple-time pro bowlers, all-pro type players, are always going to be the guys that you associate coaches with, GMs with. But I think sometimes it's the guys that aren't necessarily the high-round draft picks or, or guys that are going to necessarily you know, command all that attention. The Sam Shields, the Tremont Williams of the world, comes Absolutely. in as a practice squad player. And, you know, getting a chance to talk to some guys in the locker room during the final media availability on Tuesday, you know, Lane Taylor, a guy that 41 offensive linemen were taken in 2013, a record number. Lane Taylor wasn't one of them. He was a four-year starting right guard at Oklahoma State. Nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody noticed. And he had two offers. He could go to Green Bay or could have went to Cincinnati. And him and his agent, Matt Striegel, sat down and they said, you know what? Green Bay, there's been a lot of opportunity for guys who are undrafted that haven't had a chance to prove themselves. He had to wait three full seasons 
but then he gets in the starting lineup last year, and then this year ends up signing an extension. And talking with Lucas Patrick, the Packers reserve offensive lineman, also on Tuesday, I mean, you can make a case that Lane Taylor's in the top 10 of guards now in the NFL with the way he's able to develop his game and how stout he's become as a run blocker in addition to what he does as a pass blocker. Yep. Those are the type of players that make a difference. And then also to throw out there a guy like Justin McCray, who a year ago on New Year's Eve was working at a, as a bellman at a hotel in Orlando, trying to find a way to get back into the NFL. He catches the eye of uh, the Packers at the UCF Pro Day after him and his brother begged to get an opportunity to work out for them. Comes to Green Bay, ends up starting eight games for the Packers this year. And as he said, I mean, Ted Thompson, the Green Bay Packers, gave him a shot when nobody else did. And I think that is probably the ultimate sign of what Thompson really meant to guys in that locker room is he opened up opportunities. He created opportunities and, and allowed guys to take advantage of it. Yeah, I think of some of the other moves as well. You talk about uh, claiming guys on waivers early in uh, Thompson's yeah. tenure, a guy like Jarrett Bush, right. who ends up being a tremendous special teams player for a number of years, and then he's thrown into action in the Super Bowl and gets an interception against Ben Roethlisberger that helps the Packers win a championship. Um, you've got a guy like... Uh, John uh, Kuhn. Yeah, that was the next one I was yeah. going to say, the waiver claim. John Cooney's claim from Pittsburgh goes on. I mean, he becomes a you know not just a cult hero, but an incredibly productive member of the offense and a very valued member of in the meeting room, in the locker room, in the huddle, all of that. And who could ever forget, obviously, the block on Julius Peppers uh, in the 2013 regular season finale. Even I'll throw out a guy like Frank Zombo. Yeah. You know, undrafted playing a, a reserve depth role as a as a rookie, gets a sack in the second half of the Super Bowl to help the Packers win that game. His career is, continu- is still continuing in Kansas City. He had some injuries that uh, contributed to, to him moving on and, and finding success elsewhere. But Ted Thompson and his personnel staff unearthed a guy like that and helped the Packers win a championship. Those are the types of things that uh, that, that you remember about a guy like that. Yeah, and so many times people will always ask about, well, you know, signing free agents or, or you know, bringing in, you know, so-and-so gets cut. Why don't they sign them? Because they see these guys. They see Justin McCray. They see the put, the work he put in since April. And, you know, after you spend that much time with these young guys, uh, if you feel like they can make a difference for you once you get to training camp, well, then, yeah, you want to see them playing a game. You want to throw them in that fire. You want to see how they respond. That's how they found Lane Taylor. That's how they found T.J. Lang. Uh, even if you want to you know, even look at guys like Sam Shields and, and uh, you know, Tremont Williams. Yeah. All those guys didn't just walk in as undrafted free agents and just start. No, they had to prove themselves. Yep. And that investment into that is, I think, one of the things that not only helped the Packers win a Super Bowl, but stay in that conversation for as long as they did. Yeah, As no long question. as they have. Yeah, no question about it. With that, we'll toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. back to Packers Unscripted, Mike Spofford next to Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, quickly before we go, it's worth touching on again what actually is going to go down as, uh, I guess, one of Ted Thompson's last official orders of business as the general manager of the Packers. And that was the contract extensions that uh, were signed by Devontae Adams and Corey Lindsley late last week before the regular season finale. And we heard from Adams for the first time since... uh, 
well, since the big hit from Thomas Davis in Carolina that put him yeah. in the concussion protocol, and and then also since he signed the contract, obviously. And I don't know what you thought of uh, of his conversation with reporters, but he struck me as a guy who is not uh, wandering off into the offseason to celebrate his big new contract. He's looking at what's ahead and what he still wants to do to help this team win. That's that's where his energies are focused. Yeah, there's still so much out there for him to achieve. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and as you wrote in your story on Packers.com as well, I mean, it looked like he was on his way for a 1,000-yard season yeah. a year after he came three yards shy of his first one. Uh, and then the, you had the hit from Thomas Davis happen, and, and that basically ended his season at that point. Does pass the concussion protocol and now has an opportunity to go into the offseason healthy. He's not concerned about the long-term uh, impact of those injuries. He, he thinks it's going to you know, ultimately end up being okay. Uh, very quick turnaround on most, on really all three of them. So uh, doesn't believe there'll be any lasting effects of that. Uh, the biggest thing I thought in terms of his, you know, mindset is just the the role he assume, he is looking forward to taking on with this team. Yeah, he understands when you get that second contract, you're going to be looked at as a veteran. You're going to be looked at as a leader, uh, and he definitely embraces that role. He hopes that Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are with him. A lot of things to be sorted out with all those, um, you know, transactions and whatnot this off season. But likes what they've built here, likes the development he has, de- likes the relationship he's developed with Aaron Rodgers, and hopes to continue it on. Yeah, and with regards to uh, to Adams, we've seen him over the last couple of years. And if there were any questions about what he accomplished in 2016, right. when he finally got healthy again after a very injury riddled 2015, you look at what he did in 2017, playing half the season without Aaron Rodgers, the production. It just confirmed his value, and as I said in my story, it, it spiked his value right. to this team. It did, and now they can look forward to it. He's only 25 years old, a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers, for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.